So as we heard, it's Tisha B'Av this weekend. Most observant Jews actually will, will probably wait till Sunday to start because you can't get ready for it on Shabbat. It varies in communities. The tradition teaches us, as Rabbi Beth said, that you can't have Shabbos Tisha B'Av. That Shabbat overrides the day's call to fast and mourn and remember the losses of Am Yisrael, of the Jewish people. That day, it is so fraught. It's a day of mourning. It remembers the destructions of the first and second temples. We throw in the expulsions from England and Spain. We say they started on the 9th of Av. We argue the Chelmanensky massacre started that day. And other tragedies are tied into this 24-hour period. It is as if Jewish tradition wants our mourning to be compacted into one day so that we'll go back from that day into a life of hope that asks us to be God's partner, to do good in the world, and to focus on how we can be a blessing. Maybe all of this is an acknowledgement that Jewish history is long and that we are a people who, who zohers. We remember both the bad and the good, the pain that we inevitably experienced, which is true of other long-lived peoples. But then we say that that pain should not define us. How should we be defined as Jews? By our values, by our messages of hope and blessing. We know the world can be chaotic and violent, but we get up the next day, and as a people inspired by the holy we call God, by that presence, we go back to the task of bringing tikkun, healing, into the world, into life. So it's good. Shabbos overrides Tishabah. Just as our pursuit of the good and our values must override any sense of despondency, that things will not get better. No, we mourn for a day. And then we go back to work. So what's one of those Jewish values we uphold the next day? Take tzedek, tzedek, tirdof. Tzedek, tzedek, justice, it's repeated twice. Justice, justice shall you pursue. And to the rabbis of the Talmud, that challenge in the text is clear. Tzedek is mentioned twice because the pursuit of true justice is not a simple task. For the sake of justice, in the legal system, one has to push truly hard, knowing full well the construct of a framework of a just society is not easy. Choices you make may not be popular, but they have to be fair. And sometimes what you understand as fairness evolves over time. We saw this epitomized in the closing parshas of the last book we were reading, in Numbers, just last week. There we read about the daughters of Zelophehad, a name that has fallen out of Jewish favor. But what did those daughters of Zelophehad do? In the very presence of all the people, they challenged Moses and God complaining that the legal system that God had just established right then and there 
was not fair. Because it prevented these daughters, who had no brother, from inheriting their father's property. Moses rules on this request twice, each time proclaiming that the challenge of the daughters is just. And he rules that the inheritance system has to change. He prays and God tells him to change it with a caveat in the second ruling that the daughters can inherit as long as they marry somebody from their tribe. They can marry anybody they want as long as it's from their tribe. I heard German Jews in this town used to say the same thing. Well, in those days, they were trying to ensure that the inheritance would stay within the tribal system. That was their focus. But what do we take away from this? In the very text of the Torah, we see that Jewish law is in process. It's not fixed. And I raise this issue with you this Shabbos because I, as a rabbi of your community, not as the temple, but as my own self, have taken a stand in support of Proposition 62, which will be on the ballot this November. If passed, Prop 62 will end the death penalty in the state of California, which costs taxpayers $150 million a year, though no one's been put to death for years, and ensures that convicts who are given uh, the most extreme sentence will get life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, I know that there will be those who question if the Torah allows for the death penalty, which it does all over the place, how I, as a rabbi, could oppose it. Well, I do so because I hear that call. Sedek, Sedek, Tirdof. Justice, justice shall we pursue. True pursuit of justice involves an acknowledgement that the human judicial system makes mistakes, that it doesn't always judge people equally. We see the pain in our country around people of color's perception of racism, it's true, but also how do the courts judge the poor in our judicial system versus the wealthy? If you look at the number of people who've gotten the death penalty, very few of them have bank accounts. I understand when people have experienced horrific loss, the desire for revenge. But Tishabov, interestingly enough, this day of mourning, does not call upon us to seek revenge against those who destroyed us. No, what does it do? It calls upon us to build an even better society. And what I'm most scared about, and why I think that this concern of mine is a bipartisan concern, it's not Republican, it's not Democrat, is I'm worried about our government utilizing the power of the state to kill in our name because too often the state makes mistakes. I don't know if you heard NPR this morning, a bunch of people now have to prove that they're still alive because the social security system has said that they're dead. And they won't accept any of the proof they're giving them. It's, it's what happens when people run systems. 
You know full well the Innocence Project has proven so many people were wrongly convicted of capital crimes. And what are we taught in our Jewish values? To take one life is like doing what? Destroying a world. Woe to us when our leaders kill innocents in our name. Better that the guilty should spend life in prison than the innocent should be murdered by the state. Read 1984. The Talmud, the major corpus of Jewish law, and following that dictum, Tzedek Tzedek Tirdof, moves itself away from the death penalty. Mishnah Makot 110 states, a Sanhedrin that puts one man to death in seven years is called a murderous one. Rev Elazar ben Azaria said, or once even in 70 years. Rab Tarfin and Rabbi Kiva said, if we had been on that Sanhedrin, that court system in those days, no death sentence ever would have been passed. But the minority rabbi said, there would have been a lot of murderers in your day. So the minority opinion is, is included too. In fact, the Talmud makes it impossible to give the person a death penalty even though such responsibility was taken away from the rabbis by the Romans. Why? Because they're comfortable in the Torah when God does it, when God acts in the world. But when we live in a day when God is not directly involved leading our people through the wilderness of life, when it's up to rabbis and judges, and we know how rabbis can make mistakes in this congregation, right? We should not judge unfairly or favor the rich or the popular or kill an innocent person, we have to admit as a religious people that we, even we, are prone to error. Jewish life and law is not static. Even Tisha B'Av moves to reflect our highest Jewish values. I encourage you to engage those values as well and help us all continue to work in the hard places to be an or Lagoyen, a true light to the nation. I welcome your feedback and your disagreement, your engagement. Shabbat Shalom. We rise for a lane.